Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I like my liquor brown, my money green, and my sugar daddy's terminal. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm the first one in the workroom for the 444th season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Feels correct, because I always come in first place. (laughs) My name is Uncle Tracy. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm here to act a fucking fool for that crown. Oh, somebody's arriving. Oh, hello. I can read your thoughts right now. Everyone from damn to they gonna win. My name is Shaka Tom. Bitch, I'm from Chicago, and I'm about to snatch these girls' wigs and the crown. Believe that? This queen who look like she just put on her makeup with her feet walks in wearing the same outfit as me. I mean, you know the dollar store version, though. But still. The first thing I notice when I walk into the workroom is Uncle Tracy looking like a raggedy Xerox copy of moi. They have to pick someone to go home first. Loser. Oh, hey, girl. Great minds think alike, I guess. Yeah, girl, I guess it's something like that. <laughs> mm, you look good. <laughs> well, I'm glad your eyes are working. Okay, is she for real? Shaka Tom is already coming for me. I feel very attacked. A wise prophet once said, get her, Jade. And that's exactly what I did. Beyonce? You look like Luther Van Dross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Come. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I no sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. But I ain't Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week, Trace, mm-hmm. I hope you brought your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to the recording. And Josh, I hope you came prepared for what is sure to be a podcast eleganza. Oh my God, what a 
word. <laughs> We're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, the good, the bad, and the... Ooh, girl. <laughs> party. Back rolls. Absolutely. Choices. Go back to Party City where you belong. Your tone seems very pointed right now. Girl, look how orange you fucking look. Now, I'm not joking, bitch. Each week, we'll go back into the past and revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember. And learn what they can teach us about where we are now. I'm Tracy Clayton, a.k.a. Uncle Tracy, and racers, start your engines. I'm Josh Gwynn, a.k.a. Shaka Tom, and may the best drag queen win. I hope the people could hear us both do the arm thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Josh, or should I say Shaka Tom? You need to call me that for the rest of the episode, Uncle Trace. I will call you that for the rest of your life, if you like. <laughs> That's fine. I think we are truly going to have a ball today getting into all things RuPaul's Drag Race, even the parts that make us a little bit uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's great. We love it. We watch it. Mm-hmm. But we both recognize it's not not problematic. Right. It's got some issues, y'all. And we're going to talk about <laughs> that today a lot. <laughs> with the stuff that we love. Yeah. Trace, could you Mm -hmm. explain for the people out there what this show actually is? Like, what is RuPaul's Drag Race? So basically, RuPaul's Drag Race is America's Next Top Model, only with um, less trauma and way better outfits, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It's a reality competition show, and the queens are judged basically on everything. There's fashion, walk, dance, acting, personality, singing. Impressions. Impressions, mm-hmm. being funny. Yeah. And the truth is, this show has so many elements, so many things that people latch on to. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of insidery knowledge and yes. queer references. Mm-hmm. And it's simply not going to be possible for us to explain every single thing as we go. Right. So if you know, you know. If you don't, Google is free. Do a Google. Do a Google, my friends. <laughs> Do your Google. Do your Googles. I remember all the way back to season one with the Vaseline filter. <laughs> that was so weird, right? And to think that we went all the way from that smudgy ass filter. Right. <laughs> To literal multiple Emmy nominations. And also wins. Do you know that RuPaul, he's won the most Emmy awards of any person of color ever in the history of the Emmys. That's wild. Uh, it's it's too much to unpack right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But you know what I do think we could break down? What? Our love of Drag Race. Sounds very doable. Let's please. Do you remember the first time that you watched Drag Race? When it debuted on Logo, that first season, I did watch Mm -hmm. it in real time on TV. Me too. Me too. But I do know that I revisited the franchise a few years ago because I was sad. I know. Shocker. (laughs) Every time I mention it, I'm just like, yeah, guys, it's me. It's me. Of course you watch Drag Race when you're sad. Of course, right? (laughs) Like, it's perfect. It wasn't engineered for that exact purpose. There's all this color and these weird-ass costumes and these wigs that are sometimes really bad. But then there's also, like, (laughs) this beautiful artistry and then there's these warm, fuzzy stories. Uh, it's exactly what I needed for the time that I needed it. But I definitely associate this show with warm, fuzzy feelings and bunnies and rainbows and stuff like that. What about you? I have a very vivid memory of sitting in my college dorm room. I remember seeing this channel called Logo and being like, oh, it's 
all queer stuff. Like, that is wild. It's all the stuff that I would watch at home but have to listen for the garage door to see if my parents were coming home, you know? Right, right, right. But I was alone in college, and I could watch whatever the fuck I wanted to. And so I did. (laughs) And Drag Race was one of those things. And I remember the Vaseline lens. I remember Mm -hmm. Angina with her bald head. Oh, I loved Angina. Meryl Ginsburg. (laughs) Wait, who? Exactly. (laughs) And I was just hooked. Like, had everything I wanted to experience, like music and fashion and sewing and reading. Like, sign me up! So I know that this is going to be a very difficult exercise, but I want to talk about our favorite Drag Race moments. Oh, I feel like there's too many to list. There is, of course. Especially in today's times, I feel like I reference Valentina and her mask daily. Take that thing off of your mouth. I'd like to keep it on, please. It's too timely. It's not your fault. (laughs) Valentina, the prophet. (laughs) What are your favorite moments? That season with RuPaul (laughs) just trolled the fuck out of Miss Fame because she asked her once, how's your head, right? And of course, she didn't get the pun. Miss Fame, how's your head? It hurts. I can barely hear a thing inside this this muff. No complaints is what you're supposed to say. <laughs> but she never got it. So she would always just be like, oh, it's it's fine. Thanks. Thanks for asking. How's your head? Oh, that is good. I actually just had a headache. <laughs> Similarly, there was that season with Crystal Method. She had this mullet, and RuPaul thought that the mullet made them look like Elder Barge. Because it did. Do you know you have the hair of Elder Barge? I don't know who that is, no. He was in the group DeBarge, and they sing a song. RuPaul's whole life lesson is be in on the joke. Yes, and if you're not in on the joke, then woe is to be had unto you. Right. <laughs> because they would play Rhythm of the Night every time Crystal Method popped up on the screen. <laughs> Do you feel the rhythm of the night? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love a good inside joke. Me too. Another moment that I love is I love when they do like musicals or they all have to like perform a song. Musicals, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Read you wrote you is so fun. <laughs> the thing that I love about it is that it does what like a girl group song is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. All of the members shine in their different ways. So you have Alaska. She comes out. She's being weird. Hey girls, my name's Alaska. I got a tiny little question to ask ya. Who's that bitch that's on the top? Oh wait, that's me. Hey pork chop. And then you have Detox come out, and her look is just so severe, and she's Mm -hmm. also admitting that she's not the best, but she's also saying that she's not the worst, which I think is an interesting (laughs) strategy to win something. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Detox coming at you with a slow burst. I'ma speed it up, I had to shut it down first. Killing bitches so hard, need a pink hearse. I ain't saying I'm the best, but I ain't the worst. And then you have Roxy Andrews in this womanizer Britney Spears body cat suit Mm. and the wind is hitting her wig just right and she's writing in all these books and it was just giving you performance art. 
I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear. I know you love me, baby. That's why you brought me here. Was a bitch on season five. I'm gonna make it right. Give me a sewing challenge and I'll give you what you this like. This Roxy tricks, Andrews baby. verse like is so iconic. It's referenced in so many different seasons because I feel like everyone's making fun of it, but I secretly love it. Aww. And I feel like our producer, Emmanuel, judges me for liking it, yes. but I stand in it. You know what? Sometimes you got to. I'm not gonna have Roxy Andrews rapping for me at the cipher, wow. but that How was fun. What a what a way to walk back your defense. <laughs> I, everybody hates this, but I love it. Wouldn't great for me though. I wouldn't be called. But no. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> Shady. And if you ever want to see a moment in which Drag Race and Marina Abramovich cross over, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is Katya in this song. <laughs> She's performing in character as a Russian prostitute. Which love, first of all. She's doing splits as a walk. Oh, I remember. It's wild. It's so much fun. But I think maybe my favorite moment in Drag Race history, which is very basic, but it's basic for a reason because it works. At the end of each season, they have these lip sync tournaments, basically, (laughs) where it's like these two people lip sync and then the winner lip syncs this person and then that winner. Sometimes they lip sync and all together at once. That's too much. But Shea Coulee season, I was the biggest Shea Coulee fan. Like, she's so well-rounded. So talented. She's performing against Sasha Velour, who's a heady artist slash academic. My name is Sasha Velour. I am a bald, fashion-y, artistic, weird queen. Sasha's one of my faves. I love her too. And the thing about this performance is that it's truly one of those moments where I feel like no one saw it coming. In any other world, if you put Sasha Velour and Shea Coulee up against each other, mm-hmm. I think most people would be like, Shea Coulee is coming for it. Right. She's winning. Plus Shea like dances and jumps and flips. Pirouettes and yeah. all of that stuff. And they're lip syncing to So Emotional by Whitney Houston. At the first chorus, you hear Whitney singing... I get so emotional, baby. And Sasha pulls off her glove and rose petals come out of it. The next chorus, Sasha pulls out her other glove. Rose petals come out of it. The final chorus where Whitney is at the top of her vocals, right? I feel like the listening audience should know. If you're not familiar with Sasha Velour, she typically performs ball. Yeah, she usually has no hair. So it's it's a shock to see her in this red wig in the first place. Yes. She lifts her wig and rose petals fall everywhere on the stage. It's just beautiful and it ties so much with the emotional climax of that song. And she didn't just lift it from her head either. Like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you have to pause right now and go look at it. Because it's like she tears the wig off of her head from, like, some invisible force that's, like, keeping it on. And then mm. her arms are shaking. And then, like, this waterfall of rose petals happens. Sasha's work is always about problematizing gender and our ideas of gender. And during her season, she even worked it into the lyrics of the song that she performed. Like, she had this challenge where they kind of had to, like, give their 
their perspective on drag, like their drag philosophy through the lyrics of the song they were performing. And she talks about how she's an intellectual queen and she uses drag to make broader political statements. The idea that she's out here in a wig, you already know something's off. Like you already yeah. know, like she's about to make some sort of commentary on traditional ideas of what femininity looks like. And so when she lifts her wig and then beauty happens, you see just rose petals of her in her bald-headed glory. It's just, it was a moment. It's impossible not to be moved by it. I just think it's one of those moments that I wish I could forget so I could watch it again. There were so many other good moments, but I must say, that my favorite drag race moment is actually an entire person. Ooh. Can I please prosthesize to you? <laughs> Can I sing to you the, the word of the glory <laughs> of the person? Please, please. <laughs> that is Trinity K. Bonet, because I feel like Trinity's story is just such a perfectly constructed linear progression of a person who enters this competition, shy, very introverted, did not believe in herself at all, but has all of the goods. But she don't know it. It's the story that Drag Race is probably the best at telling, which is the inner saboteur. Exactly, it's that inner saboteur. And it's so relatable because who amongst us does not have that, first of all? Absolutely. Just feeling like you're worth anything and just that struggle. It just really illustrated how impossible it is to see it sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's on it first, not believing herself. The saboteur wins. And then, though, my sister came back mm-hmm. on All Stars talking about what? What's up, bitches? I just like just loud and taking up space and being hilarious and being funny and killing it and crushing it. Mm. Here's a moment that I think exemplifies the whole arc of Trinity's transition from meek little drag baby to drag goddess that she is now. The hero's journey. The hero's journey. (laughs) We love a hero's journey, right? So on the season where Trinity and Bianca Del Rio were on together, Mm -hmm. Trinity had referred to herself as Beyonce. I would love to be Beyonce in Vegas. I haven't seen anybody that looks like Beyonce. I have nothing to prove to you. Really, bitch? Bianca Del Rio is like Beyonce, more like Sammy Davis Jr. in a wig. Low fucking blow, Bianca, when I see you in the streets, stay on the other side. (laughs) Fast forward to All-Star Season 6, which just wrapped not long ago. Mm -hmm. Miss Trinity does Beyonce. Can I say, you know how, like, wax figures never get Beyonce, right? Yes. Madame Tussaud and Beyonce must have beef from back in the day because those wax figures never, ever look good. I feel the same way about Drag Race. Anyone who ever pretended to be Beyonce on Snatch Game, bomb. Awful. Like, do you hate her? Like, what is wrong with you? Until this moment. Yes. This was the best beehive experience that anyone has ever had on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Trinity so absolutely good. killed it. Killed it. In the Super Bowl Black Panther fit. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And there's your motherfucking Sammy Davis Jr. in a wig, Bianca. <laughs> 
I feel like it's one of the most comprehensive times that we can see that that arc is possible. Mm. You know, like we often see people at their worst and just like really hard on themselves and down on themselves. And then at the end of the show, the message is, oh, you know, you just need to believe in yourself some more and then you can do it. And then they leave and then like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Did they ever do it? Maybe they can't do it. Maybe it's all a lie. Trinity K. Bonet came back just to show you personally that that shit is possible. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Snatch Game. Let's meet our contestants. Hey, what's up, y'all? Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. I am Miss Cleo. And the cards don't lie. I see a win in me future. <laughs> I'm Miss Cleo. <laughs> I'm Megan McCain. And as the princess of Arizona, if I don't win this game, I'd like you to know that it was rigged. The ladies of The View sure like to bicker. Just last week, they were arguing about whose blank was bigger. Well, RuPaul, you're not be psychic to know the answer here. Okay, here me see the king of cups, and that means somebody husband. He cheated on them with another member of the cast. If he just 99 cents a minute, me tell you who it is. What's your, what's your credit card number? And then your social. And a pin number two. Just write it out down. Just write it out down. I get that. I get that. The cards, they don't lie. <laughs> All right. Dumb Didi is so dumb. She thinks the C word is short for blank. I think that C stands for constitution because I, the owner of the American Constitution, have a copy of it right by my bedside table. Did you know that the founders wrote it just for me? So founders' intent is actually my intent. And my favorite part is when white Jesus and white Santa had a summit. And of course, my father, John McCain, was there. And they decided on the 25th of December, whoever leaves out cookies and mayonnaise gets a gun and one excused instance of blackface. <laughs> it's a good answer, but not a match, darling. Cheating. 
The C word is cheating because that's what you're doing and you think your husband don't know. But your husband know and the cards know. You want to know what else the cards know? Girl, I'm not Jamaican. <laughs> like that even a little bit. All right, I'm afraid we've run out of time. And the winner is... Who cares? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, RuPaul out. Say goodnight, stars. Bye, bitch. I mean, me and Miss Cleo love to call each other bitch. We have a relationship where I can call her bitch and she can call me bitch. And shocker, we get along backstage. So bye, bitch. Well, my car is just told me that if this bitch call me a bitch again, it's going to be a misunderstanding. Care who your daddy is. <laughs> So we just walked through some of the reasons that we love this show, right? Moments that stick in our mind, contestants we love. But I think it's only fair that we acknowledge <laughs> this show has problems too. Into it is not perfect. And it's almost inevitable, right? Like this is a show that has systematically made something that was counterculture for a really long time. They took that mm -hmm. and made it into mainstream media. Not just in America, but fucking worldwide. Right. <laughs> Internationally. How do you make something that is, by definition, a subversion of what everyone thinks into what everyone thinks? Exactly. Like, <laughs> how do you do that? And there's this catering to this white, cis, straight audience. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of the show and you're not white, then you're probably quite aware of how racist the fandom <laughs> could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because ultimately, you know, this is media that's being produced by white media companies. Mm. And when that happens, that means that the barometer is always, what do white people like? What do right. white people think is funny? What do white people think that art is? And like, it's bizarre and sad and like jarring to see that transposed onto the medium of drag, which is inherently black. Mm. Say that again. It's inherently black. Ah. Drag, drag race, ballroom, mm -hmm. all of that. That is some black ass shit mm. that people who are not black are allowed to participate in. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that at times stronger than others. And for me, I feel it very, very strongly mm -hmm. when I try to watch the international versions of this show, like Drag mm. Race UK and Drag Race Canada. Like, I mm. could not stomach it. Because, like, the dissonance between queer white men being in this space that is very, very black and very, very female, very feminized, mm -hmm. with like this whole ignorance of black American women. Like the further you get away from black American women, there's like this multiplicity effect, right? You remember that movie? Like the no. you, <laughs> you know what? It's fine. Nobody remembers multiplicity but me and fucking who was in it? Michael Keaton. I remember oh Michael God. Keaton. Okay, but the premise of that movie is like there's somebody who has a clone made of him, and then there's a clone made of the clone, and a clone made of the clone, and each clone gets dumber and stupider, further away from mm. the original source. And I think that that is what's happening when I try to watch Drag Race UK or Australia. I'm just like, you don't know Nan Black Woman. Like, what do you? Is this what you think we are like? Is this what you think we sound like, walk like, talk like, you know? So 
there's this TikTok, right? And it's mm-hmm. this girl. I apologize if I say your name wrong, but I definitely want to try because I feel like she deserves all of the credit for this TikTok because it's genius. Mm-hmm. Her name is Danacy Auguste, mm-hmm. and she's making a comment on how Gen Z really thinks that AAVE belongs to them instead mm. of Black people. Okay, why don't you just stay to yourself, period, and I'll stay to myself, period. You look on fleek, I look on fleek. We both slay. So you need to know how to find a mind your business because then we're going to finna have problems. You hear me, finna Phineas and Ferb? Because you don't finna know me and I don't finna know you. <laughs> what you're not finna not do. You are, um, you are fleek and I am fleek, but <laughs> I do not know you and you finna not know me. <laughs> I dread the day when the whites get a hold of the word finna. I really do. Uh, I really do. It is so funny because I've heard so many people talk like that. And so I can 100% understand how all of these cultural references and ways of operating and ways of walking and dancing and getting further away from the source like feels more like a facsimile of a facsimile of a facsimile. Exactly. One of my favorite ways to tell that somebody on Twitter doesn't actually know any Black people in real life is how they pronounce the shortened version of Beyonce's name. Oh. If they say bae instead of B. Bae, you are done. You're done. The jig's up. Yo, you've never seen a black person in your real life. We know it. We see you. Bae. <laughs> Where did, why did they even think <laughs> Queen Bae is back <laughs> at it again. Bitch, shut up. You're fired. You're fired. But I think that language is a really important thing we should think about when we think about the historical legacy of this show. Because I think that a lot of people think of these words like fierce and work and yes and mm-hmm. spilling tea and all ballroom, they, they gagging, think they're all shade. ballroom. They're all ballroom. Yes. And they think that it comes from drag race. <laughs> and that that causes a cultural problem when people are able to claim authorship of something that did not begin with them. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when all the white people on the internet thought that one of the girls from Broad City invented Yas Queen? Yes, I absolutely do. And that was another way that I could tell if people knew a black person or not, because they would say Yas. <laughs> if you're out there saying Yas, white people, we yas? clock you. You don't know that's not how you say it at all. And you know what? I'm not even going to do it for you right now, because... Mm. I'm going to leave you out there in the dark. But right. if you know, you, you know, know how you're supposed to say it. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Speaking of language. Mm-hmm. So you know how in the show, whenever there's like an email or like room mail or whatever it's called, she's like, she didn't already have hers. Hers. <laughs> Do you know the backstory of that particular phrase? Absolutely not. What is that? Oh, well, we should learn together. Uh, okay, I was I was coming from the club and I went to Crystal Burger, just in Atlanta, Georgia. And you know, we we would go and get our food on after you know partying and everything. Somebody had come up to pick up a bag, but it actually didn't belong to them. And uh, this girl uh, behind the counter said, "Uh, uh-uh, no, 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 she not already done had hers." And of course, I've you know. Taking that to the bank. <laughs> well, I want to know is, has the woman that Rule lifted this phrase from seen a dime of the money that she got when she took it to the bank? Have you ever had a phrase you used in passing while frustrated at your service job? Stolen <laughs> by the world's most famous drag queen? You may be entitled to financial compensation. Class action lawsuits are coming. I do think that there's a level of being able to be inspired by the world around you, mm-hmm. good artists steal. Like, that's a real thing, you know? Yeah, like Nas said, no idea is original. You probably stole that from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> 
And honestly, when RuPaul took this phrase from this woman at Crystal Burgers in Atlanta, (laughs) (laughs) in whatever year it was, she was coming up as a drag queen, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not like a, especially then, a very lucrative (laughs) profession. So it doesn't necessarily feel like punching down in the same way that, like, when white people go around talking about, yes, queen, we invented that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's from Broad City. it does feel like punching down to me sometimes though when it's an issue of money like the show definitely has a very definite stance that it takes on what is good what is fashion what's high fashion you know like what looks good what doesn't and it stands to reason that the more money you have as a contestant on the show to buy all of the gowns or have all the gowns custom made, whatever, mm. the better that you're likely to do when you're in front of RuPaul and hateful-ass Michelle Visage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not going to want to stand up there in some fucking, I don't know, something you found at Burlington. It's interesting because I really think that this is something that has evolved. Mm. If you think back to that Vaseline season, yes. none of the girls were featuring labels. No, 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 no. It was all wet seal, child. It was all wet seal but you still got to see people's different point of views you still got yeah. to see different characters in a sense of like their fashion and style exactly and as the show has grown as it's moved from logo to vh1 that's gotten a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger platform mm-hmm. the pressure to increase the production value in all ways mm-hmm. has gotten to them mm-hmm. and it's really ironic because usually with reality television it's like come as you are the interesting thing is to see these seven people, random people, in a house. How do you all deal with the same situation? Exactly. But this show has morphed into a situation where every season is all-stars because mm. every season you have to come prepared with a budget in a way that may not have been so true in the past. Yeah, they love this, oh, she's a crafty queen means that bitch broke. She's a country queen. Exactly. She's a resourceful queen. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think about is Chi-Chi Devane, R.I.P. On her season, she was the crafty queen. Chi-Chi just had that thing that, like, lit up a room. Yes. And I just remember Michelle Visage, bodyguard, track eight, (laughs) (laughs) reading Chi-Chi down. For not having money. I'm a cheap queen. I don't have any money. I don't have the expenses to pay for something like this. Hold on. You don't need money, girl. There are thrift stores, there are crafty, there are many a queen that I have seen that have got not a pot to pee in. That's never an excuse. There needs to be a way that you can show your creative point of view without having a billion dollars. Exactly. Also, can we just acknowledge that sometimes not having money is a fucking barrier to shit. See, people with money love saying money isn't everything. But see, it's just like Kanye said, R.I.P. old Kanye. (laughs) Money ain't everything, but not having it is. You don't say that to nobody who doesn't have any fucking money. Don't use this as an excuse. What? They had like that UK season and RuPaul was yelling at this girl like, I don't want to see any fucking H&M. Don't waste my time. I don't want to see any fucking H&M. And then they got eliminated. And you know what I got on right now? H and motherfucking M, okay? So Honestly, what? me too. Fuck my drag? Is that is that what it is there, RuPaul? It's fuck me, Shout huh? Shout out to Kennedy Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we are both broke bitches in H&M, I guess there is nothing left to do for us to sashay away. Miss Vanjie? Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie? <laughs> 
Miss Vanjie. Sashay away. Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. More Drag Race after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uncle Trace has been coming for me ever since we came into the workroom. Good God, girl. Get a grip on your Q-tip because your ears must be clogged. I never said anything bad about you other than you look like a dollar store imitation of me and that you could never get a sugar daddy. Well, at least I don't got back rolls. Back rolls? What do you do successfully? Quickly. I will whoop your ass. I am from Chicago. I mean, I mean, I am from Louisville. I don't know why you are yelling at me. What do you expect, girl? This ain't RuPaul's best friend race. So, Trace. So what? Did we... Learn something from this! Wait, 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 wait. I have a really, really brilliant idea. I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is the second to last episode of season two. Yep. And so you know how at the end of every Drag Race season, there's always a moment where Rue shows each queen a photo of herself as a child, and then they have to address their younger selves. Like, how would five-year-old Joey, what would you say to five-year-old Joey? Kind of, but I usually fast forward through this part. (laughs) Why? It's so sweet and tender. That's why. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? That's fair enough. I also do not like to be made to feel my own feelings, Mm -hmm. so that's fair. What if I make up for it and we do that here? You know what I was going to say. You know. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So, Shaka Tom. Shaka Tom. Shaka Tom. Shaka Tom. (laughs) What would you tell young, naive, little baby Josh of 12 weeks ago before we started recording this season? First of all, thank you for allowing me to be here today. Drag Race is very emblematic of how important the work that we do here on Back Issue is. Mm. We look back, we contextualize Black culture, especially Black culture that we take for granted. Mm. And Drag Race is the mainstream whitewash version of an art form that has its roots in Black culture. Right. Giving possession of cultural work is important. I think it's really important. And I think that Drag Race is a really good example as to why it's important. Trace, this is when I tell a really sad story. Like, when I was 12, my mom dropped me off at a bus stop. Um, They be doing that. They be doing that. And I feel so conflicted in those moments because I'm just like, um, how, how natural is this? 
in the progression How of this much conversation. Is it not a producer being like, trauma, go. Right. And Camera, then, four. And it's like, yo, we was just talking about uh, tucks and padding, but okay. When I was right. eight, I had to <laughs> live by myself in an igloo. And it just seems very intentional. You know, the stories are always moving and sad, They're but it's always just touching. like, it feels a little produced. Mm-hmm. But I really do value this space, Tracy. Like, I really think that the work that we're doing is important. I think that Mm. it's fun. I think that it's really affirming to think about these things that feel ephemeral and feel like people forget about them. Mm -hmm. And we were told that they didn't matter. Exactly. Of course they matter. All of this stuff matters. Just Mm. because it don't matter to white people don't mean it don't matter. Exactly. And I feel like in that spirit, we doing the same work that RuPaul is doing. (laughs) Except the fracking. Oh, the fracking? No, no, not that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fracking. Except the fracking. (laughs) How about you? Your turn. I would like to say that I would really like everyone to stop using the phrase, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody? (gasps) Stop it. Stop it. You need to leave. Why, RuPaul says that at the end of every episode. Why do you think it's wrong? And RuPaul needs to stop because it's not true. Of course, we know how to love other people. Mm. You know, generally speaking, mm. you know, like what's harder for you in particular, Josh? Loving the people that you love or loving yourself? I feel like I've loved people my entire life. Yeah. It was a journey to learn to love yourself. Exactly. Exactly. If you could pull RuPaul aside and be like, I have some notes. <laughs> what would you say? I would say that this idea that you can't love anyone else until you learn how to love yourself is wrong, it's fake, it's misguided. What you should say is, if you can't love yourself, then how are you going to keep all these toxic-ass people from coming on into your life and mistreating you? Because when you love yourself, you don't allow that shit. Mm. See what I'm saying? So if you can't love yourself... How you going to demand love from other people and know when you're getting it? That's the thing. Okay, Tracy. That's what I would say, RuPaul. Okay. I mean, it just is. It just is. So wait, what's a, what's a good, concise way to... If you can't love yourself, then how the hell are you going to... It's not as snappy. I see why RuPaul does it now. Okay. Okay. But what about the season? What would you tell yourself about the about season? The season? Um, I would say, you know what, bitch? You did a good job. Bitch, you did a good job, bitch. You did, you did a good job. job. Bitch, you doing a good 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 job. Because look, man, shit's hard out here in the okay. world. Doing stuff is hard. Making this show is no exception. Mm-hmm. It was hard, but we did it. All of us can get that tattooed on our chest. Right now. <laughs> it was hard, but we did it. Because that is every day around this motherfucker boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to skip that one. But one of my favorite things about this show is the fact that we get to talk about this stuff, but also that we get to work with the team that we get to work with. Yes. We have the best producers, the best managing producer, the best editor, the best engineers. And I feel lucky every single day. Seriously, I feel like everybody says this about their teams, but I have been blessed to mean it every time I've said it after making the show. (laughs) A good team, they're kind and they're empathetic and they get it. You know, especially in a pandemic, you need that. You show up to work like, yeah, man, I can't be on camera today. Mm -hmm. I don't want nobody. 
somebody to be like, no, we really need to see your face. Right. Why? You don't, right. you know? And this is a team that gets that. Like, all right, you know, like, just come through. The team got you. Let us hold you up and support you. What do you need? You know, I'm starting to get a little STI <laughs> because it's real true. You know, it's just like, so no. And I just want to say thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, we still got one more episode. This isn't the final go back. And I'm really excited about it. Okay, but first, I got to get out of this damn drag because this Merkin, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little moist. Untucked the yeah. interior illusions lounge. Right. And have our have watered a little down cocktail. cocktails. <laughs> because my heels are killing me. <laughs> She was a production of Pineapple Street Studios. This show was created and is hosted by Uncle Tracy. That's me, aka Tracy Clayton. And it's also created and hosted by Chaka Tom. Chaka Tom. Chaka Tom. Chaka Tom. <laughs> That's me, Josh Quinn. Our senior producer is also Josh Quinn, and our lead producer is Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is John Asante. Our senior editor is Leela Day. Our associate producers are Alexis Moore, Zandra Ellen, and Brianna Garrett. Our intern is Arlene Arevalo. Our executive producers are Gina Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and our engineers are Raj Makija and Davey Sumner. This show also features amazing music by Don Will. You can follow him on all the socials at Don Will. And you can follow me on the socials at Broken McCarverty. You can follow me at Regarding Josh, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Back Issue Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Leave us a review. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. I go home. Five <laughs> stars. I go home. And leave me alone. Oh, Mars. Shut up, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Bye. Well, RuPaul, <laughs> you're not fit be psychic to know the answer here. Okay? Let's see. It's the only way I'm going to get through this, Joshua. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to need you to hold it together. Where is mute?